How y'all doing? You doing good? Yeah. Good day today? Yeah. Who, uh, who, okay, well, listen, listen, I'm sure you, I'm sure you had a great day. Anybody, uh, anybody, uh, uh, let's see, what was going on today? Just shout it out. What was going on today? Some good wave runners, some good wave runner action. Some what? Laser tag. Who's got a piece of laser tag yet? Yo. How cool is that? Tell you what, tell you what, if you like it a lot, talk to uh, your youth pastor, who, your leaders, whoever brought you, I'm sure they'll buy you one whenever you get back to where you're going, okay? Uh, so that'd be, <laughs> maybe not. I'll tell you what, I was, uh, I was out there today, I was kind of hanging out, looking around, and there's a couple things I noticed going on today. First thing is this, uh, I met someone new today, and as I'm, as I'm walking along the sidewalk, who comes walking my way but Spider-Man? And, and I, say, I say to Spider-Man, I say, Spider-Man, you going to fight some crime? He goes, no, I'm going to do pranks. <laughs> I say, okay, okay. And I see Spider-Man a little bit later, and I say, and he has his mask off down at the waterfront, which kind of defeats the, whatever. Um, and I said, Spider-Man, what is your name? And he said, my name is Bubba. And... And I said, I said, Bubba, is that your real name? Or like, that's what people call you? He said, that's what people call me. I said, what's your real name? Bubba says to me, I can't tell you that. <laughs> Bubba, I don't trust you. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm leaving the waterfront. I didn't get any names, but I see somebody being buried on the side of the road. <laughs> they were in a ghillie suit, possibly. And I, I think I walked past a crime scene. I'm not sure. So I don't know, I don't know if that needs to be called or reported in or something. Either way, crazy stuff happened today. Hope you guys had an awesome day. I know I did as well. Ready for tomorrow and everything else that's happening this week. Hey, uh, are we friends? Okay, good. Um, can I, since we're friends and I kind of have you as a captive audience, um, can, I, can I be honest for a second? Okay, cool. I just need to share my heart. There's just been a lot going on. And so, hold on, let's just, all right. So, um, I can trust you guys, right? Okay, cool. So, I just, I just need somebody to talk to about this. So, um, so I, I got to be honest with you. I just got out of a, uh, just got out of a pretty long relationship. Uh, it was probably, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's what happens, you know. Um, It was probably about, um, what was it, 2011, so it was probably about an eight-year, almost eight-year relationship, and, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, it just had to happen, like, it was almost kind of toxic, the relationship, so whenever that happens, you just kind of got to just cut it and just, like, let it be what it is, um, and so it's, it's July 30th, um, that means I am now, geez, it's been two months and 13 days since I deleted Twitter from my phone. Um, thank you. I'll tell you what, it was, uh, don't laugh at me. It was a long run for us. Uh, a lot of good memories, a lot of good memes. Here's why I love Twitter, because like all the memes happen on Twitter first. You know what I'm saying? Like everything you end up seeing on Instagram or on Reddit or whatever, like, all of it starts on Twitter, and I like to be ahead of the memes. I like to see them first. 
Uh, and so that's why I love Twitter. And like, I love politics and stuff like that. I follow people I agree with, people I disagree with. Like, I just love to see everything. But I realized it was toxic. And when it's toxic, you gotta cut it out your life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And like, I found myself like, man, like I'd wake up in the morning, I'd scroll through my timeline, catch up on all my news, and like, I'd go to like the gym or something, and I'd be like just sitting in between sets, just going in. It's like taking me five minutes to do like one thing because I'm just scrolling through Twitter. I go to bed at night, I'm up for an extra like 30 minutes because I'm trying to just get through my Twitter feed. And every time I go on Twitter, I'd get angry. I'd get angry because like I'd see someone like, say something that made me angry, someone do something that made me angry. It just made me angry, you know what I'm saying? And so I realized I had to like cut it out of my life. Let me, here's what I'm saying. Uh, if you haven't realized this, Twitter, I realize like not many people in here probably, does anybody have Twitter in here? Anybody? Okay. So if, if you don't know, Twitter is like one of the social media services that's basically like text-based and so you just, you could tweet out a picture or something, but you mostly just say things on there, a lot of thoughts, ideas, stuff like that. And uh, you know, I realized I had to cut it out because here's the thing. Social media is of the devil. I'm telling you, you know, you know, I love it. I love it so much. It's not just Twitter, but like everything. Like we just take good things and we ruin it. This is why we can't have nice things. You know what I'm saying? And so I realized, I realized, man, I had to cut Twitter out of my life. And I realized, I started thinking about it, and I started to think about, man, why is Twitter so bad for my heart? It's a terrible place. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and I realized this, that we love to see, and I guess this applies to all social media too, we love to see the dirt in other people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Like when someone, when you see someone, you're like, spill the tea, let's go, I want to see what's happening there, right? You hear what somebody else says, you're like, oh, I got to find out what they did. I got to find out why they said that. Or like, you know, that's all the things, like whenever you go on Snapchat and you go like just below like stories, like all those ads there, like the first couple are always like, like stories about celebrity uh, breakups and stuff like that. And you're like, I want to find out what's going on there. Like, you know, like we love checking in on other people's dirt. We love to see what's going on in their lives, maybe how they messed up, how they screwed up and like what's happening there. We just love it. We love the drama. We love what's going on. And uh, I'll be honest, like, I don't have, like, uh, whatever kind of degree it takes to be a therapist. I am not a therapist. But I did some thinking. I did some thinking. And I realized this. Uh, I think that we love digging into other people's dirt because we're ashamed of our own. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, I feel like sometimes... I feel like sometimes we like to find out what's going on in, in other people's lives and like how other people are kind of messing up and why not, it's not going so well for them because like we know we got some stuff that we're ashamed of, that we're not happy with, and maybe we hide. Other people don't necessarily know about it. And so if we can kind of focus on somebody else's stuff, then like that stuff, we can just pretend like it's not there and it'll go away. Uh, I, I think that's kind of what was going on maybe in my heart as I was kind of looking through Twitter, stuff like that. Maybe it's the same for you. I don't know, whatever kind of social media is and, and you're on and stuff like that. But, but here's what I think we can realize, though. As we kind of dig into other people's dirt and we're kind of trying to hide that maybe we don't have a lot of dirt in our lives, I think the truth is this. No one is clean. Like, we all kind of have something going on in our lives. We all kind of have stuff going on where we realize, ah, okay, I said that. I shouldn't have said that. I did that. I should not have done that. And, and this dirt, like, it can just, it makes, us, it makes us dirty. Like, anytime we carry it around with us, like, it just causes something where, like, ah, okay, like, I know there's something wrong there and something is not the way that it's supposed to be. 
And so this week, I'm talking about Jesus, and I was talking about how Jesus invites us to follow him, right? He invites you to follow him, an ordinary person. You ain't got to be anything special. You don't got to clean yourself up. He looks at you and says, hey, follow me. Last night, we talked about the fact that Jesus helps us to know God, this big God who created everything, time, space, everything in between that I can't even wrap my mind around. He comes to us in the form of a man and says, hey, I want you to know me. I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And tonight, I want to talk about this. This is something I feel like that is super important about Jesus, that Jesus is not afraid of our dirt. Jesus is not afraid of the dirt, of walking into the dirt and getting a little bit messy. Tonight, I got a lot to talk about, so I just want to jump right into it. I'm going to read a story tonight, another story about Jesus from the Bible, and this one comes from the book of John. And just to give you some background, same thing that's kind of been going on. Jesus is going around, getting to know people, spending time with people. I don't know if you've realized this, Jesus loves people. He loves to get to know people. He loves to spend time with people. And so he does a lot of that. And where we're picking up right now, he kind of goes to this festival where a lot of people had gathered. And he runs into the Pharisees. You remember that those guys from the other day, right? So they're kind of those religious police, those religious leaders. And he runs into them again. They're kind of having a little bit of an argument. And at the end of it, everyone kind of disperses and goes their way. Uh, And Jesus starts to head to the temple. So basically like a church for him, right? So it's where the, the Jews would go to worship and meet with God. And so that's where we pick up here. I'm going to start reading through it. I'll stop a couple times to help us see what's going on here as we talk about Jesus uh, walking into the dirt here with us. You guys ready? I said, are you ready? Cool. Sick. So it says, then they all went home. They each went home. Pretty exciting story so far. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At sunrise, he arrived again in the temple courtyard. All of the people gathered around him there, and he sat down to teach them. So again, you see these people just coming to Jesus. Jesus wants to spend time with people. He's talking to people. Jesus loves to be, have relationships, friends, with, and to be close to people. It goes on. It says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman. She had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand in front of the group. Let me explain this real quick. So it says she was caught committing adultery. If you don't know what that is, let me explain. She was not in trouble for being an adult. Uh, She was not in trouble uh, for that. No, Uh, she basically, what adultery is, it'll explain it here in a second. Adultery is having sex outside of marriage, right? What? I said sex. You'll be all right. It's all right. Let me be very clear here. Let me be very clear here. So, so what, they had, what they had caught her doing was having sex with someone who wasn't her husband. Let me be abundantly clear about something. God created sex. Sex is a good thing, but certainly, but certainly if God creates something, he has the ability to say, hey, here's the way I want you to use it. Here's the best way for it. And so that's inside of this, this union that he creates between man and woman and, and husband and wife. And so she is kind of caught outside of that, and it's clearly a sin. And so these men kind of pull her away and bring her in front of Jesus to try to set a little trap here. So let's kind of pick up uh, right after that. They, They made her stand in front of the group. They said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught sleeping with a man who was not her husband. And in the law, Moses commanded us to kill such women by throwing stones at them. 
Now what do you say? It says they were trying to trap Jesus with that question. They wanted to have a reason to bring charges against him. So, so think about this for a second. Um, literally, I mean, they had just, either because they literally set her up or something, they had just caught this woman in the act. But notice who's here. It's just the woman. They didn't pull the, whoever else she was with over. So you can tell right off the bat, they're just using her. Like, they're just using this woman to try to trap Jesus so they can say, aha, we got you. Because at this time in Jesus' life, they're already sick of him. Even though he's been going around healing people, getting to know people, and loving people, these, uh, these men who were kind of caught in their own pride and what they thought about themselves, they were kind of getting pretty angry at Jesus as he turned it around on them. It goes on, and it says this. Jesus bent down, and he started to write on the ground with his finger. They kept asking him questions. So he stood up and he asked them, has any one of you not sinned? Then if so, you be the first to throw a stone at her. He bent down again and wrote in the ground. Those who heard what he said began to go away. They left one at a time, the older ones first. Soon, only Jesus was left. The woman was still standing there. Jesus stood up and asked her, woman, where are they? Hasn't anyone found you guilty? No, sir, she said. Then I don't find you guilty either, Jesus said. Go now and leave your life of sin. It's a really interesting story. Might be uncomfortable for you, but think about how uncomfortable this woman is. I mean, she's literally just sitting there in, in this circle of people exposed. Not only is she caught doing something she wasn't supposed to do, and she's getting called out for it. I mean, she's literally in the circle of people with, with probably, at most, just a bed sheet on or something. And they're saying, Jesus, look at her. Look at what she did. The law says in the Old Testament, it says that she should be put to death for what she did. And it's funny because these men come before Jesus and try to cast this, try to try to make this happen, and, and they're expecting Jesus to join in with them. They're expecting Jesus to join the circle and point his finger and say, Yes, the law says that she is condemned and must be put to death for the sin she committed. But they didn't know Jesus. They didn't know Jesus because what Jesus does is he is in the circle. He steps in the circle with her and he stands with her. And, and it's, he doesn't necessarily argue that, that she had done something wrong. He never says, yes, that was okay and don't worry about it. He, he never says that what she did wasn't wrong, but he sees what they're doing. He sees that these guys can see her sin out in the open, but he knows that they have stuff going on in their heart. Jesus turns it around and reveals the sin that's going on in these guys' lives, that all of them are guilty. So, so I just started talking about sin, and sin is probably something you've at least heard of, and as I say it, you have different ideas or different pictures about it or what it is. You're like, okay, that's like lying or cheating or something like that, and like, yes, those are sins, and I want to talk a little bit tonight about that sin and what it is and the problem with it. The Bible says this, that sin is when we turn away from God. 
So here is God who created us and says, hey, I love you. I know what's best for you, and I want to call you into life with me, and here is the best way to do that. And sin is when we turn away from that and say, yep, I hear you, but I got my own stuff going on over here. I have my own ideas, my own plans, and I want to live it out in this way. See, guys, the the problem is, what the Bible tells us is this, that sin takes what God has made, everything good that God has made. God made the universe. Did you guys get a chance to look up at those stars last night? Was that not incredible? God put every single one of those stars in their place. God created this earth and everything on it, the animals. He creates man and woman. He creates you. Sin enters into the world through the first two people that God created, And he says, hey, uh, everything is perfect. We have this awesome relationship, you and I. And God says, hey, as we kind of enter into this life together, there's just one thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to eat uh, from this tree. But these humans, just as we would have ourselves, they turn away from God, they walk toward that tree, and they take a bite of that apple. And what happens there? What happens there is that sin enters into the world and it takes everything that God has made to be good and it ruins it. It rips it apart. It makes it everything it's not supposed to be. The life that God made, the life that God wants you to have, it ruins it. It brings death. Sin brings death into the world. This sense of of justice and peace and fairness, this order that God had established, Sin comes in and ruins it. It does away with the idea of fair or idea of this person gets what they deserve or what is good for them. Sin ruins what God created to be good. And ultimately, it's a part of all of us. It's inside of all of us because of these choices that we make that we turn away from God. There's just something in us that doesn't exactly work right. It's things that that we do. Certainly, you can see evidence of it by the fact that we we lie and we cheat and we steal and we go back or we go behind other people's backs and talk about them and we completely just cut other people out of our lives. We talk about other people. We talk back to our parents. Whatever it is, we know there are things that we do that certainly that's not how God God created us to to live. And certainly sin affects us. I I don't have to convince you of that. That There have been things said to you, done to you by other people, situations you find yourself in because of the sin of other people, but it's affecting you, it's harming you, it's tearing you or your family apart from the inside out. We feel the effects of this every day. Day. And the problem with sin is this. God created us to have a relationship with him. We know that because we look at Jesus and we see that Jesus is constantly seeking out relationships with people, getting to know them, saying, hey, follow me. This is our God. He wants to have a relationship with you. But this God is perfect and holy and the exact definition of good. Everything that God is, is good. I know I'm not. Like, I know I have fallen short time and time again. I know I've made mistakes. I know I have failed. I know I have done things that I shouldn't. And God is not like that. God has never made a mistake. He's perfect, and he is good. And our sin separates us from God. It almost puts a wall between us. Because 
Think about it. This God who, who is good, I mean, he can't even sin. This thing that is so opposite of him can't even be around him. Otherwise, he would be dirty, but he's not. He is clean. He's good and perfect. This sin puts a wall between us and God. It cuts us off from the thing that created us and gives us life that is everything we need. And this sin, this stuff that we do, this stuff that happens to us, it always brings some sort of shame. Like there's this feeling or this guilt that we typically just kind of tuck away. We don't want to deal with it. We want to pretend that it's not there. And, and that's what causes us to look at other people in the room and say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. At least I would never do that. At least I would never say that. It's exactly what those guys were doing in that circle is they just kind of compare that woman's sin to be less, to be, to be more, uh, to be worse than their own. When in actuality, they, they are all guilty. It's still Sin, all of their sin has put a wall, has separated them from God. It's kind of like this. Um, so I went out today and I picked up this flower. Uh, it's a very pretty flower. And, um, you know, it, it looks great. You could give this to somebody, put it in some water, and just kind of say, hey, this is for you. I, I got this for you. But, but the problem here is that this flower has been cut off from its roots, from its stem, the very things that it needs to live. I mean, its roots and its stem are what give it vitamins and nutrients and everything it needs to survive. But it's been cut off from that. So even though it looks good for right now, maybe I could put it in some water and that'll extend it a little bit. But in reality, ever since this flower was, was cut off, it has started dying. It, it looks okay, but it's slowly heading to the same because it's been cut off from the very thing that gives it life. Guys, this is exactly what happens to us because of sin. Sin separates us from the God that created us. It cuts us off from the very thing that has given us life, the very person, the very being who knows you, who loves you, who created you. It, it separates you from that source that has every single thing we need. And when that happens, the, the only thing that that can lead to is death. It only leads to death when you're separated from the very thing that you need for energy and life and nutrients. Guys, this is kind of the position that we sit in, separated from a God that created us because of our sin. But Here's what I love. Here is what I love and here is what I know. That Jesus, Jesus meets us in our dirt. Jesus meets us in the dirt. Whatever that looks like for you and for me, he sees you there. He meets you there. I want you to help me out for a second. Could we clear a little bit of a path just right up to the middle here? Could you guys kind of separate for me? Just right here, just in the middle of the room there would be perfect. I'm going to come down real quick. If we get the house lights up, guys, that'd be awesome. I want you to just kind of create a little bit of a space right here for me. Kind of circle out for me. Why don't you guys back up that way a little bit? Everybody kind of turn this way. Guys, this, this woman finds herself at the center of a circle, exposed. 
exposed, but with people pointing at her and saying, look at her, look what she has done. You know what she deserves because of what she has done. And Jesus sees her there. He sees the woman as she stands there. He sees the men standing around her with their fingers pointed. And Jesus stands there in that circle, and he calls out the men who were doing this, saying, listen, if you're going to point your finger, have you not also sinned? Have you not also, uh, are you clean? Are you free from sin? If you are, then go ahead and throw a stone. But nobody does. And as he reveals that in their hearts, Jesus turns to the woman, and I love this, Jesus doesn't just kind of stand with the men and point at her and say, yes, that is what she deserves. Jesus doesn't just kind of stand far away and say, yep, you're going to be okay, just kind of stay there. No, Jesus stands there in the circle with her in the dirt. And as he reveals what's happening and these men kind of leave one by one, he stands there with her and he says, has anyone condemned you? Has anyone, has anyone said that, that this is what's going to happen? And she sees no. And he says, then, then neither do I, but go and leave your life of sin. Guys, no matter where we find ourselves standing in that circle, maybe, maybe you felt exposed because of sin. Maybe you have felt like you've been standing and everybody's there to see it and they've been able to point fingers at you and say, look at that, look what they did. I can't believe they've done that. And you feel ruined because of it. Maybe you've been there. But maybe, just like a lot more of us, maybe we've been in that circle. Maybe we've pointed our finger and said, look at that person. How, how could they do that? Certainly, I, I would never do that. Because no matter where we find ourselves in that circle, the same thing is true. Uh, we have all fallen short. We've all kind of not measured up to the life that God calls us to live. And the beauty is Jesus meets us right here, right in the center, right in the dirt. And he sees us and he meets us there. And he has compassion on us. This, this deep feeling of gut love because he knows ultimately what, what this kind of position, where this lands us, what it, had, what, it, what it leads to. It leads to death. And because of that, he enters in with us and he says, hey, I'm here with you, but go and leave your life of sin. Guys, what I want to ask you here tonight is this, where do you stand? I mean, in this circle, I mean, have you felt like you have stood in the center where somebody has said, look at that, how dare they? Have you stood where those men stood and said, look at them, can you believe what they have done? Do you know what they deserve? either one of those places or somewhere in between. We've all found ourselves there, and you know that. You know when you look around at school, when you scroll through on Snapchat, you see sin happening everywhere. But the question, and the most important question of all tonight is this. Because of that, where do we stand in our relationship to the God who created us? And I know that's kind of heavy, and I know this isn't exactly some sort of happy-go-lucky message. And guys, I promise we're going to chat again tomorrow, and we're going to have some really good conversations about where we can go from here. But we need to understand where we are right here in the circle. And so let's think tonight where we stand.
Uh, would you bow your heads real quick as we pray together? Jesus, we thank you for meeting us right here. Wherever we have found ourselves leading up to this, at any point in our lives, we thank you that you've met us there and you've helped to lead us into a life that we should be living. But help us to realize that even if we haven't, where we've fallen short, where we see that happening in our lives and the lives of people around us. Tonight, help us to have a sense uh, of where we stand uh, and ultimately what we need to do or where we need to go because of it. We pray this uh, in your name. Amen.